we go. I think we got one minute, one minute to live. Chip, what are you drinking? Let's just see. You got something I'm delicious. Just drink, tonight, I'm just drinking a little, uh, a little tea mm-hmm. and, uh, and a little uh, H2O in my Pink Floyd glass right here. Wow. Pink Floyd animals. How about you? What are you drinking? I got right here. Let's see. Victory. Victory. Easy Ringer Session IPA. It's a locale IPA. And it's only like 4% alcohol. Victory, the only brewing company named after a Jackson 5 tour. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a, Jack, a, a Jackson Brown album. Well, it, does he it, have an album called Victory? I don't know. I just, I was sharing the word should. Jackson. If you had to name a beer after a Jackson Brown song, what do you think you'd name the beer? Uh, running on Empty. There you go. That, that'd be a great name for a beer, though. Or how about The Loadout? Is that a, is that a song? That's a song, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. The loadout is yeah. that when that's when a band is done playing, right? And they load yeah. out their gear. They, they load out. That's but that's you know that song that I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do. It's like a ballad about the, basically about the roadies, and mm-hmm. he talks about Richard Pryor, and then he they go into that stay song from the '50s. Ugh. Just a little bit longer. That is such a long, boring song. Oh, my goodness. God, guys, we're we're gonna go from. It is eight o'clock, by the way. There we go. Doctor, my beer. John, John Huey coming in with the Jackson Brown song. Doctor, my beer. Doctor, I love it. Beer. Now, here's the thing, Chip. We're no longer talking about rad tonight. It's Jackson Brown and Jackson five only. Yeah. So if you if, if everybody came here to listen about rad. Adam Chantry coming in with another great Adam yeah. Jackson Brown beer name. Mm-hmm. Won't you stay just a little bit lager? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, there we go. We're going to probably have to ask people, do they want this solely to be a Jackson Brown beer podcast or the greatest movie of the 80s podcast? I think, Chip, I'm going to make an executive decision and say, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Thursday Night Movie Club with Chip and Jeff. We are highlighting the movie Rad. Chip and I just, well, the Thursday Night Movie club chip it's brand new it's where chip and i discuss movies yep. that helped shape us in our formative years and made us the truly amazing men we are today first up as we said before the movie rad everybody welcome to hell track chip welcome to hell track uh, thank you and it's it's literally been my life's goal to make it to hell track and i i feel like i've I feel I feel like I've hit it. By the way, before we do move on, I would just like to add to the Jackson Brown beer list. How about somebody's IPAB? Whoa. Yeah. I'm not going to say no to that. That's the last thing we'll say about Jackson Brown this evening. Okay. Well, we can't promise that. We definitely cannot promise that. that. Um, Let's just give the genesis. How did we come about deciding a movie club? How did we go about deciding that Rad would be the movie? I'll tell you quickly. Two weeks ago, I was home alone. Wife and kids out of town. Another great Uh, movie, by the way. Oh, Home Alone. Yes. Um, Macaulay Culcomb, right? That guy, that little fella. Yes. Yes. The Corey Holcomb, the comedian. Yes. Everybody in that movie is detestable, except maybe for for little little Kevin. Mm -hmm. Kevin Arnold, I believe his name was. Maybe not. What if it was that was just like a full grown man? (laughs) Home Alone, and he was twenty six year old, just like slacker kid. Yeah. Not a bad idea, Chip. Maybe when they remake it. Mm-hmm. Um, By the so, way, I th- yeah. I will say, as long as this is a podcast about Home Alone, I will say that Joe Pesci's fate in Goodfellas was much less worse than his fate in Home Alone. Like in okay. Goodfellas, he just got a bullet in the back of his head real quick. He thought it was going to be the greatest day of his life. He was going to be made. Boom. It's over. It's okay. But uh, 
in he was just tortured in Home Alone. I, yeah. If I if I was Joe Pesci, I'd take uh, Goodfellas in a heartbeat. By the way, Patty McCann, uh, Linda Ronstadt. Oh my God, this is great. That's a good one. But let's let's talk about the movie, Rad. You were Home Alone the other week. Yeah, let me tell you, I was watching the Sparks Brothers documentary, a documentary about the band Sparks, which was fine. Not a big Sparks fan, but they're a fine band, a little too weird for my taste. And they mentioned that not only did they have a song on the soundtrack to this movie, Rad, but I think they were in a scene that was cut out of the movie and they actually showed a bit of it. Oh, wow. During the documentary, but I've not been able to locate that or find it whatsoever on the Internet. Anyway. While I, was watch, while I was thinking about the movie, Rad, I remembered in a prior podcast, Chip, when we had funny man David James on, you mm-hmm. and David were talking about BMX bikes. You were yep. both into it. And you mentioned not only the movie BMX Bandits, but you yes. mentioned the movie Rad, and you sounded so excited. Then I decided to watch the movie Rad after a few beers. I got a text from you right after saying, we need to talk about this. And that's where we are right now, Chip. I mean, everything starts out with just a silly tweet about from you, and mm-hmm. then I I try to make it a reality. I, well, I that's feel good. like that's what most of our things are. By the way, I do have to say, uh, just to, just shout out to my brother who is, is listening. Uh, he got me this a few years ago. This oh. is an official Rad Racing T-shirt right here that I'm wearing just for the evening. Iconic logo, I mm-hmm. believe. That's one of my favorite parts of the movie where everyone bands together and makes rad racing a thing, a business. Mm-hmm. And they come up with that logo on the fly. And it is a great logo. It is literally stood the test of time. It has. Um, let me give a synopsis to the people who haven't done their homework and decided not to watch the movie. Basically, here's the synopsis of Rad. This was shot in Calgary, Canada, released in 1986. The movie Rad tells the story of Crew Jones, played by Bill Allen, a young man and highly skilled paperboy with a dream of making it big as a BMX racer, racing the hell track and winning the grand prize of $100,000 and a sweet Corvette. Chip, he makes the crucial decision to bypass his SATs, angering his mother in order to follow his dream. Now, this sounds like a classic 80s movie, right? Sounds very self-destructive is what it sounds like. A young Chip Chantry, no matter how much he loved BMX bikes, would never skip SAT or an SAT prep course. Absolutely not. Chip, despite being a feel-good 80s underdog drama, the movie was panned. It bombed horribly, disappeared from theaters quickly, but it did catch on with BMX diehards and other young dirtbags like the Chantry Boys, mm-hmm. a lot of my friends, and it made it uh, a blockbuster and video store movie staple became almost cult-like, and then um, a lot of people bootlegged the tape after. Um, A newspaper investigation, the Guardian newspaper in England, did an investigation into 10,000 movies on Rotten Tomatoes and found that rad to be the film with the greatest discrepancy between critical reception and fan love. Critical reception somewhere in the low 40s, fan love over 90%. It's 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 made by the people for the people, Jeff. That's and true. That, and that's the thing. Uh, my my I have and I you probably know this. It didn't get released on. So it was a VHS staple, like you said. Yeah. On DVD or Blu-ray or anything no. until this past year, until 2020. Yes. So it was sort of 
you, it was very hard to find. I think it only entered on iTunes a couple of years ago. That you, you could stream it. I had first of all, we had a bootleg VHS copy that we recorded from the video store, so we, we had it growing up. But my my brother, I don't want to blow up his spot or anything, but he, I think, illegally purchased me a bootleg DVD a number of years ago. And when I turn on the DVD, and it's like you can tell it's bootleg because it's like not the official title page like it's just somebody's yeah. basement title page but you start watching it and right away it brings you right to the 80s because it has the embassy home entertainment logo mm -hmm. if you remember that it I has do. that real computer da, 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 and it's the blue thing the two e's come together and the star is there and yeah. then it goes right to uh tristar home entertainment with the flying horse kind of sure. type thing and it just brings me back to that. My brother is now saying he is is from Europe somewhere, apparently. So he had he to get that bootleg on the internet. You got a Slovakian uh, copy of Rad. Slovakian copy of Rad. It wasn't made for theaters. I don't know if I'd ever want to see Rad in the theater. It was made for a bunch of 12-year-olds mm -hmm. to watch in their basement over and over again. Chip, the movie starred not only a young Lori Lachlan, but mm -hmm. Bill Allen... Talia Shire, probably the one of the few uh, known names in the movie, Talia Shire, Ray, Mr. Han, Walston, yep. Jack Western, and Chip, hot off an Olympic medal performance, a young, handsome Bart Connor. Yeah. Bart Connor was really the cat's meow back then of, of super hunks. Back then, there were a lot of uh, American male gymnasts who uh, they, they, they believe they meddled and all the, all the girls, everybody wanted to see basically everyone was saying, get these gymnasts into movies. And yes. later on in the show, I'm going to give you the top three movies where gymnasts were the stars and guys and ladies, these movies are just not good. So it's going to be great. Good to know. First, we're going to start with the star of the movie chip, who I think is great. When I, I think this kid, Bill Allen, did such a good job of being a likable everyman and every kid and also showing the confidence and exuberance of someone who is passionate about his sport. I feel like he's a young Mark Hamill. That's, there you go. That's yeah. the vibe that I get from him. Like Not too handsome, but handsome. You know what I'm saying? Yes. A lot of but, weight to him. He's yeah. got a lot of angst. Yeah, you could tell. Let me tell you a little bit about Bill Allen. Extremely likable guy, maybe with the dullest name ever for an actor. Mm -hmm. Bill Allen. Bill Allen sounds like the 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 Nissan car dealership owner in your town, correct? Sure. Yeah. How about Billy Allen to add a little youthful pizzazz? Should yeah. you went with Billy Allen or Will Allen? Willie Will Allen. Allen. Will Allen. Willie yeah. Allen. Anyway, he arrived in Los Angeles in 1983. He bust tables in a sandwich shop and managed to land some TV parts, Hill Street Blues, Hotel, Family Ties. I got to find the episode of Family Ties. I'm sure he was a Mallory love interest. Sure. And Amazing Stories. Director Hal Needham, and we're going to get into Hal Needham. Hal Needham was the most famous movie stuntman of the 70s, 60s, early 80s. He also directed movies, Hal Needham, Cannonball Run, Smokey and the Bandit movies. This guy, Hal Needham, saw this young Willie Allen on the TV show Hill Street Blues and said, get me that guy for this new movie we're doing, this new BMX. I don't care if he knows how to ride a bike or not. I want this guy. And He's that's a star. 
What if he didn't know how to ride a bike? What if he, (laughs) I mean, you you hear all these stories about like, you know, people who have to learn to dance for a, for a movie part, or they, they have to learn some sort of combat fighting. What if he never learned to ride a two wheeler and And they just, and they just did shots of him chest up sitting on the bike and then switch to a stunt man maybe 20 pounds heavier a foot taller right but the now- only the only thing that they they had like the rigging they had was just from et so like any time you'd ride like <laughs> it would like go across the moon and they're like why i don't why why is this part of it let me tell you three fun facts about billy allen you ready sure he was best friends with the late actor brandon lee oh, okay wow yeah the crow uh, son of uh, the karate, uh, famous karate guy, Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you know this, Chip. Bill, Bill Allen has toured extensively with the band The Pipe Fitters. Yes. He plays harmonica alongside with actor and another one of his best friends, Lou Diamond Phillips. Phillips. They both appeared in the movies Dangerous Touch, 1994, and of course, Sioux City, 1994. I have uh, to say, uh, I listened to some... Pipe fitters, Lou Diamond Phillips and the pipe. Oh, fitters. yeah. And what was your first take on the pipe fitters? <laughs> uh, let's just say I think pipe fitters is a great name for them, but I think an even better name would be Grant Lee Enough. Hello. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I uh, love it. Everybody, let's, let's just say, maybe the diehard fans, there will be a discrepancy between my critical response mm-hmm. and the fans' response. But uh, to me, I'm giving it a big rotten tomato. Yeah, they're not great. And the thing I love about it is he, Bill, Bill Allen played harmonica in the band. He was the least integral part of anyone ever in a band. There's only two, when, when you have a band and you want your friend to be in the band, but he has no discernible talent, Mm -hmm. they're like, Hey, you can play either harmonica, a tambourine or you can play percussion, which means yes. you stand next to the drummer and you have a couple of little things that make a little bit of noise, right? But they don't give you a chair. You don't they don't give you a chair. They make you stand and they make you kind of want to not be there. Right. Um, if you watch, just type in the video, Pipe Fitters with Lou Diamond Phillips Farm Aid, you'll, you have never seen an actor do tambourine work like Lou Diamond Phillips does in this video. Not only do you have sure. Billy on harmonica, Lou Diamond Phillips is just destroying on the on the tambourine it's fantastic um i'm going to give you a couple rad fun facts chip before you chime in with how much this meant to you as a young bmx professional as i mentioned earlier rads did not do well at the box office when it came out it reportedly grossed only two million dollars for comparison same year ferris bueller's day off made six million dollars on its opening weekend alone Yes. Um, main character crew, Bill Allen, was Lucy based on real life BMX uh, rider Eddie Fiola, um, who was his stunt double in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it featured other major BMX riders at the time Martin Aparejo, uh, Danny Milwe, Kevin Hall, and Mike Miranda. Yeah. What Hollywood do you think Mike Miranda. Hollywood Mike Miranda. Let me see here. I'm going to do what? What chip? What was your take on when this movie came out? Oh, by the way, the, did you have some visuals for us? Yeah, I'm going to throw some up there while okay. you tell me a little bit about um, your first take on the movie and how much it meant to you. Well, I think it starts out with a little film down under, 
down under is what we call Australia, is uh, the Nicole Kidman 1983 classic BMX Bandits, which yes. is staple on HBO when my brother and I were very young and all of our friends would watch it. it it's a great, terrible movie, again, about a bunch of teens that are riding bicycles all around, I think, Sydney, Australia. And uh, and then Rad comes along, and it's all my friends and I wanted to do was be BMX riders. That's all we wanted to do. So this movie, I don't care, care how bad the acting, the plot, the writing is. It's all about BMX riding, and we could we could not get enough of it. We could, and and I was right in the sweet spot too. It came out in '86, which really that doesn't matter because we didn't see it in the theater. We didn't see it until '87. I was about ten years old, nine, ten years old. I mean, that's just prime time for somebody like me to, to watch a film about BMX riding. Yeah. And, and you loved it right away. There was yeah. no, like maybe you played it and then right away you just hit play again. Oh, over and over again. Uh, that's you just put it in the rewinder and you watch it over and over and over again. And his little sister, I think Wesley right there. How about right oh, now, Chip? Yeah, we're going to, we we're going to talk about maybe people's favorite part of the movie next to, uh, Bill Allen, of course, the lovely Lori Lachlan. Yeah. Who was best known as Aunt Betty on Full House. Aunt Becky. Uh, Aunt Becky, what did I say? Aunt Betty, but you know. Well, I have an Aunt Betty, and I just wanted to throw her a shout. Yes. Aunt Betty is not a great name for a, a sexy young actress to be in a TV show. Not really, yeah. Maybe somebody who goes to prison for trying to get her daughters into college yes. illegally that would be a good name for that well she what that's what I was, she was i was getting to she was best known until the massive college admission fraud of 2019 mm -hmm. but i don't want to i don't want to harp on that chip no let's celebrate Lori for what she did in the 80s and 90s this was her third movie she was in a bunch of tv stuff she was making her name she was, did modeling you know obviously a very uh pretty woman very talented good sense of humor this is her third movie. She was in Amityville 3D before this. And then she was in a movie, and I beg everyone to go and watch at least a trailer. It's a 1985 movie called The New Kids. Ooh. And it's also called Striking Back. But if you could type Lori Loughlin New Kids trailer, it's a, pretty much like a horror movie. She and her brother's parents die. They go to a new town, and there's this gang of kids who terrorize the town. James Spader, a very young James Spader, is the psychotic teen who makes life horrible for young Lori Lachlan. And I got to tell you, the trailer gave me a little bit of the chills. James Spader's so good at playing that psycho. Young Jimmy Spader. I, yeah. I'm sold on this movie, Jeff. It's called The New Kids. So let's uh, maybe might be the next movie club. Who knows? Okay. Chip. But we're going to get to the point where these two, I thought they had great chemistry. I really did. I thought it was very sweet. He's the local. She comes to town with this group of hotshot BMX racers, right? Chip. Yep. They come to town. They're going to ride this new hell track. Mm -hmm. um, the head of this, uh, the, the mongoose team, this, this old guy, he wants his team to win at any cost. He doesn't want any local taking the look, the trophy because he wants to get all the sponsorship money. But Lori Lachlan, she breaks out of those ranks and she falls for this, this local kid, his, you know, small town charm. Like I said, he is a professional paper boy, very yep. good at what he does. She probably noticed that right away. So she falls for him. Great uh, name, by the way. I mean, as boring of a name as Bill Allen is, Crew Jones is just a 
you can't get much more 80s than that. They probably said, what's the exact opposite of Bill Allen? Mm-hmm. And they did some market research and they're like, crew, crew Jones. I mean, Jones is a little on the nose, but. But when you have a name crew, you're not, you can't get anywhere. You can't be it's like. It's not going to be crew Esposito. Chip, next uh, in, the, in the illustrious uh, group of actors I mentioned earlier, let me give you a little Bart Connor. I already told you a little about Olympic. He yep. played the enemy BMX biker, Bart Taylor. Not Bart Connor, Bart Taylor. They gave him a different last name, sure. which I love when they do in movies. Because I think the director, Hal Needham, stuntman, he might not have been able to follow everyone. So he probably wanted to give some people the same name so he didn't have to learn names. It's like it's like how Tony Danza is always just Tony right. in, a, in a movie. Or right. A you, don't wanna, you don't want to trip him up too much. Yeah. By um, the way, in this whole Bart Connor, Bart Taylor thing, you look at the guy, blonde hair, good looking guy, but just some darkness behind him. This yeah. is a very, this came out in 86. Yep. Let's go two years prior, 1984, hit teen individual sports movie, The Karate Kid. This yeah. is very, very. Uh, Billy Zabka. Strong, yes, very strong Billy Zabka vibes here. Like they well, were looking for the next Bill Zabs. That's exactly what happened. What happened was Bart, you know, Bart hot off the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Hal Needham saw him on the Olympics much like he saw young Bill Allen, and he said, get me that guy. I want him to be like my Billy Zabka. Yeah. And Bart Connor initial thoughts was, Hal, I love to do this movie, but not tooting my own horn, but America loves me. I'm America's sweetheart. I'm the blonde hair wonder kid. Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, 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 no. You're going to be the bad guy. Yeah. And Bart Connor's like, hell yeah, I'll be in a movie. Here's the thing that most people don't know, Chip. Bart Connor two weeks before or a month before when he signed on the deuce movie hurt pretty much broke his leg. Really? Super injured. And he said to Hal, he's like, I don't know if I can do this. Hal being a professional stunt man and a very professional guy said, suck it up, kid, take some Percocets. We're doing this. Yeah. And pretty much that's what he did. By the way, that's how my mom woke me up most days for school <laughs> when I was a child. You might notice that in most of the scenes, Bart Connor, you know, stunt double riding the bike, whenever they showed him on the bike or on the dance works, he had some amazing dance scenes. Yeah. They only showed him from the waist up. So the waist up dance moves he was doing like the wooka, 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 waist up bike moves he was doing. That was all him. But when they had to show something with him riding a bike or like dancing, right? Mm-hmm. Stunt double. Okay. This makes a lot of sense because as much as I love the song is it music you can dance to, uh, which is which is a great song. I forget, I forget Sparks who, that by Sparks, right? Yeah, uh, music you can dance you can dance to. The uh, his dancing is so terrible in that, and it's so rigid. He he's a professional gymnast or yeah, you know but, right. Olympic gymnast. You would think he could move, and that was one of my takeaways. Is like this guy can't move at all. The man had a broken leg. How yeah. how horrible do I feel right now? Yeah. So you were mentally shitting on on Bart Connor, aka. BMX Bart Taylor, yeah. not knowing, right? Yeah, wow. And I think I also love about this, they didn't tax him with acting. I think he pretty much had five lines the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Although just... there is, did you see a deleted scene? Do you know what I'm talking about here? Mm-mm. Okay. He doesn't have to do a lot of acting. He, he, he doesn't do a lot of heavy lifting, both physically or emotionally in this movie. He just kind of hangs out, wears sweaters around his shoulders a lot. Love it, yep. Does his thing. There is an outtake that I just saw today 
of him showing up the night before hell track and he's drunk and he is going at, he wants, he shows up to the, the diner that crew works at as a waiter and wants to ride against him one-on-one, but he's really drunk. It's maybe the worst performance I've ever seen in my entire life. Not good, huh? It's horrendous. Uh, and it, it's kind of a serious scene, but then it ends up where he's drunk and he falls over into the policeman's booth where the policeman is sitting and he falls face first into, I swear to you, the policeman's cream pie. So he <laughs> ends up with pie on his face. It's one of the most horrid movie scenes I've ever seen. Luckily for Bart and for the rest of the world, it was an outtake. Yeah. Um, he only acted in two things before this. Believe it or not, the two things he acted in were Touched by an Angel and Highway to Heaven, which basically the same show. It is the same show, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's Bart Connor. I think he did a serviceable job. He looked the part. Billy Zapka light, maybe. Yep. But, you know, he, he pretty much did the job. And, of course, I mentioned Hal Needham, the director. This guy broke, broke 56 bones during his career as the highest paid stuntman. And none of them were his own, which none is of very them were interesting. His own. He's a very let, violent man. Let me show you. Um, let me show you a good picture of Hal Needham. I think we're on screen share again. Here's a picture of this is one of my favorite photos. Beautiful Lori Lachlan. Mm -hmm. We have another BMX rider on the left. Hal Needham looks exactly like you would think a stunt glasses. Just his hand right there, probably crushing the shoulder of young Mm -hmm. Billy. Um, The guy probably, you know, could just crush cinder blocks with his bare hand. But there's some unidentified man in the middle wearing maybe the greatest hat. This the hat adds maybe 12 inches to this guy. Yeah, I can't you, see it's, it's a little small, but what, what is this? Hat? Is it a baseball cap? It is it's just a baseball cap. I think it is maybe, the biggest cap I've ever seen. I think he maybe this kid won a contest to be like, you know, on the set of the movie. Like it was what? like a Nickelodeon thing. Like who can yeah. wear the biggest hat? You're like, going to yeah. go to here's young Adam Chantry wins a chance to to be on a on a show on a movie set. And then he, but he has skinny ties. He's, he looks pretty good, but that hat, I love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, Chip, I got a question for you. What type of bike did crew Jones being a young BMX rider or people in the chat, Facebook, Adam, anybody, what was the type of bike that he rode in the movie? Ooh, that is a great. Yeah. Oh man. It could, it wasn't a GT. It wasn't a mongoose. I don't, <gasps> I don't think was it a mongoose. Let's look. Are we screen sharing here? I see it right there. A little red, white, and blue. It is a 1985 or 1986. It could be either model. A mongoose expert. Wow. That's okay. a recreation right there. You're looking mm-hmm. at someone who recreated it part for part, making the exact um, the, the exact bike that he rode in the movie. These things go for a lot of money. A lot of rad fans out there loving their 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 mongoose expert. I, I have to give a shout out right now. The, about two years ago, uh, my friend Nick Cupsey and uh, Jim Graman and I, we watched Rad together. They came over and we watched Rad. And then I think it was Nick that showed me this Facebook group that I'm pulling up right now. It's If you want to go to Facebook, go to Rad colon the best BMX movie ever. It's a group of people. Uh, that love the movie Rad, and I, I'm going to share this video with them uh, once it once it's all finished. I'll, I'll post it on there. Uh, they are the most dedicated fans of the movie Rad ever, and daily people post <laughs> about the movie. The movie's 35 years old, 
and they still find things to talk about every single day about this movie. It's it's incredible. And it's one of my Chip, favorites. We, we had a guess on what type of bike. David Hill came in and said a penny farthing. Excellent. Excellent guess. Uh, there were there was uh, there were a couple penny farthing movies. Downhill penny farthing was a big thing later in the 80s. Yeah. A lot of people and said this was strictly BMX, David, but excellent guess. Uh, there was and I mean, there's penny farthing, penny farthing two, uh, penny farthing 3D, penny <laughs> farthing for the revenge. And then there was, uh, if you remember my favorite from the series, penny farthing five nickel farthing. Whoa. Yeah. I do know penny farthing two was called penning farther. Mm hmm. Right. If, yeah. if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But thank that, you, David believe, Hill, for the guess. That, yeah. And that, that starred a young John Stamos, I believe. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, I got to tell you, one of everybody's favorite, one of their favorite parts of the movie. And basically, the movie leads up to uh, this big race where if crew Jones beats this professional team of BMX riders again, he could win a hundred thousand dollars, which is a lot of money at that time. Mm -hmm. And a Corvette, which Jesus, like. I don't even know if, if BMX guys, the tournaments they win now are hundred thousand dollars. Right. I digress chip a bit, but the, the, the piece de resistance of this movie of this yes. was the hell track. Mm -hmm. Right. I think we all can agree that the hell track was foreboding. Yes. It was something that people, it, when they built this hell track for the movie chip, just to give you an idea, um, it was so tall, the pro BMX stunt riders at the show were initially refused to try it. They were like, yep. this is too big. Uh, this wall was massive, Bart Connor said. It was so steep, scary, dangerous. Uh, Allen, Bill Allen, stood on the wall, said it was terrifying. It took a 15-year-old named Beetle Rosencrantz. <laughs> I'm not lying. I mean... There's a name for you. The you know, that is the most opposite of Bill Allen. That's true. They're like, we have Bill Allen. How can we offset that? They're like, we know a 15 year old named Beetle Rosecrans, who was a BMX rider. He volunteered to try it out. He said, screw it, I'm going. Everybody watched and he survived. And after little Beetle did it, Allen said, they all had to do it. Wow. Um, I believe at one point, I could be wrong, that they actually had to make it a little bit smaller. That looks that picture right there looks like it might even be bigger than the actual one. I think at one point they actually it was about 10 feet taller, five feet taller, and they actually made yeah. it a little bit smaller to make it a little bit more manageable. I think it was 15 feet. Okay. Was what they were what they were going for mm -hmm. um originally. So that is at one of the final scenes, which is so great about the movie, is the race scenes are really good, Chip. There's great crashes. There's people endoing over their handlebars. Mm -hmm. There's people falling off bikes, nearly missed by other riders. I think the Corey, obviously the guy directed the movie was a stunt guy. So that's yeah. why the action scenes were really good. Um, and he, I think I, I think I read somewhere at one point that they actually paid the BMX riders a little bit more if they would take a fall. Like, I mean, cause obviously, Oh, yeah, it's right, more. right, right. Yeah, um, uh, Hollywood, Mike Miranda, an actual BMX rider as, as these guys all were, he actually takes two, they, because they call him out. He actually takes two big falls during this. So I think he made his money pretty well. Nice. And um, since we're talking about everybody in this movie, I think the most thankless, the most thankless role in the movie 
and she's a great actress. I think poor Talia Shire. She had not much to did not a lot to do as the mother. No. Her only real concerns were Bill or a crew. You have to take your SATs. And he's like, but I want to ride and win a hundred thousand dollars. Chip, I don't know about you growing up. There were a couple different days you could take the SATs. Yeah. I mean, this is Canada. So maybe they, they might have I think they SAT have, day. I think there's one in Toronto. They all have to travel to Toronto. It's yeah. there's only, I think, like five thousand people in Canada. Mm-hmm. And one day a year, all the teens go to Toronto, they take their SAT. I believe I be- Canada yeah. only has two official holidays. There's mm-hmm. SAT Day and Boxing Day. Yeah. One is the winter solstice, one is the sun, summer solstice. And I believe only like a thousand people go to college a year in Canada. So right. that's probably well, there's only like, about three thousand people in the entire country. Yeah. And you know, so I believe that's maybe why we thought it was weird that he was so stressed about mm-hmm. his mother's like, if you don't take these SATs, what will you do with your life? And if it was true, he could just be like, Well, maybe I'll take them next week. Exactly. And, and at this point in the movie where she is standing there, he just qualified to ride H-E-L-L track. Right. And he which means if you if you watch the movie, that means he just won ten thousand dollars. So uh-huh. he just won ten thousand dollars, which is probably about two years worth of college in Canada at the yeah. time. So he's get, he's basically just made his scholarship right there. He can take his SATs later. She's still upset about it. I will say two things about Ty Shire. Number one, is there anyone better? to play a concerned, reluctant <laughs> family member watching one of their family members play a sporting event, a dangerous sporting event. <laughs> there is nobody else who has that set of skills to be like, look, we have somebody who is going to go cliff diving. We need a wife to sit at home and watch cliff diving on TV. Who can you get for us? Right. And everybody's like, TS, get TS on the horn. Uh, Jeff, do you know why she was cast in this movie? Yes, I do, Chip. You want to share with the kids? Yeah, I'll give you a little rundown. Basically, uh, this movie is produced by Jack Schwartzman. Mm -hmm. He he produced films like Peter Sellers, classic Being There, uh, Bond film, Never Say Never Again. And his son, Robert Schwartzman, the guy used to be in that band Rooney. Now he's a director. um, He re-released this movie through his utopia films. Okay. And that's why it got the re-release. But the guy, Jack Schwartzman, who produced this, I believe, um, wife was Talia Shire. Wife was Talia Shire, yes. Right. And his son was Jason was Jason. So Robert of, uh, of, of Rooney's Planet brother was Jason of Phantom Planet. Phantom so Planet were, and Rushmore. And, and yeah, there were four Schwartzmans involved with this movie. Four Schwartzmen. The four, four Schwartz, the four Schwartzmen, four Schwartzmen of, the, of, the apocalypse. of the apocalypse. Right. I believe that's that's their production company, Chip. Yes. Yeah. The four Schwartzmen of the apocalypse. And Talia Shire. And yeah. she did a lot to promote the movie. Like they really thought the movie was going to be big. Mm-hmm. Like they went around before, like she and all the athletes went around in like uh, a caravan and did like performances. And they really thought this movie was going to be big. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, and by the way, his film production company was called because it is called a Talia film production. He named it after her because what a sweet guy. Named it after his wife. That's nice. And she's very likable. You got to love oh, Talia yeah. Shire. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things, I think most people, when they when they talk about this movie, Chip, they talk about the BMX boogie, the bike dancing. Oh, God. There was a dance 
at the, you know, they're, they're teens. So they go to a dance. Mm-hmm. And the thing about them being at the dance is the, the professional BMX riders were invited to this dance. So you had Bart right. and the bad twins. Mm-hmm. You had um, all the locals, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody, not only, not only did the normal guys dance, but let's just say crew and his love, Christine, Christine. Christine. Yeah. Christine. They decided Christian, Christian, Christian. Christian. Yeah. It was Christian. Right. Yeah. They had this elaborate bike dance. Yeah. The BMX boogie. And it's, it behooves you just to go watch the movie. It's fantastic. It's one of the most iconic scenes of the movie. A lot of people, when you when you talk about the movie, talk about their bike dancing. If you need a Cliff Notes version of, if you really don't want to watch the movie, you don't have access to it, just watch the bike dance scene and the final hell track scene. Yeah, That's all you really that's need it. to see. Right. Let's see what else, Chip. We got. Uh... And, and by the way, it's amazing. The da- the dancing scene is so amazing because you could just definitely tell that they are on these like dollies, these moving dollies. At yes. Some point. They're just standing on these bikes. And other times, as with as with other parts of the movie, it's just stunt doubles, which kind of works for crew. But for a young Lori Laughlin, it's just a dude in a wig and her costume, just a big man in a wig doing Chip. her moves. Do you know we refer to that in my house? It's called a big Buffy. A big Buffy. A big Buffy. The the derivation of big Buffy is when my wife and I used to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Sarah Michelle Geller, five foot two, maybe hundred five pounds. Yeah. Half of the TV show is her battling giant demons. Correct. So they would show her hiya, right? They cut away, and then there's a five foot eight, very muscular woman in a horrible blonde wig for the next five minutes, just battling. And the more the show went on, the less they cared about matching up Sarah Michelle and big Buffy, the stunt woman. So whenever we see a movie and there's a big stunt man or a big stunt woman, we're like big Buffy, big Buffy right there. I love it. Big Buffy chip right now on the screen. We have your shirt rad racing. There it is. When uh, Rad Racing, when the team needed to to get enough money to start a, a business so they could have a sponsorship to get involved in the big hell track race, this is what they came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. We got one other. Um, this was another part of the dance scene. And I, I got to talk about these two twins, Chip. These yeah. twins, people loved them and hated them. They were Ch- Carrie and Chad Hayes, who played the twins, Rod and Rex Reynolds. They were Bart Connors, Bart Taylor's uh, two henchmen, I would yeah. say. Underlings, they, yeah. Yeah, they were the two like underlings who basically did his dirty work. They protected him during the ride. These two went on to have a pretty prominent career in Hollywood. They are writers in Hollywood. They did the 2000 remake House of Wax, and they wrote both horror movies, The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2. Yeah. So there you go. Another great uh, Also scene. great great costumery by them oh they're always dressed alike because they're twins and they always dress like they're in buck rogers like it's yes. just this futuristic space outfits that you, you can't not like uh, and they dance to two of my favorite back-to-back songs in any movie music you can dance to by sparks and then the of course the iconic bike dance scene send me an angel by real life send me an angel is a good jam great jam good jam and they did a good job dancing to it Um, yeah. So basically they're all the stars of the movie. Um, you also have one, one other star 
is somebody I'd like to bring up is the motorcycle cop. Oh. That's a fun scene too, where he he's he's a good guy cop. He's on a motorcycle. He's got he's a big bald guy with a big mustache, and he he chases after the kids, but in a fun way. It just it keeps it's something to do for fun, and they like him and he likes them. Uh, he is played by H. B. Haggerty. Oh, that's a great name. Does anybody at home? I want some of the viewers if you want to chime in. His this this gentleman, big burly gentleman, shaved head, mustache. His name is H.B. Haggerty. Does anybody want to take a guess at home? What does H.B. stand for? Ooh, uh, I don't it's, know. It's I love one of my favorite nicknames I've I've ever heard. And I, I will can tell I, you. I will I tell you. A guess. Yes, but let me tell you this before yeah. you do. Uh, he 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 was a professional football player. He played for the Packers and uh, the Lions. Then he became a professional wrestler. He's a pro wrestler. Uh, does anybody want to take a guess as to what HB stands for? Anybody at home, uh, give it a shot because this is a, I think I might want my name. I, I think I might want to change my nickname to this. I'm going to say, what is it again? HB HB Pearly Burley. That's a, that's a great guess. That is a wonderful guess. Hans Brinker. Hans Brinker is another good one. You're getting how much about further away. I got, uh, can I keep guessing? Maybe yeah. someone in the, uh, Sure. Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte. How did you know? Harry Belafonte <laughs> Haggerty. Uh, he, Hugo he, Boss. Hugo Boss. You keep nailing it. Actually. I do. I know a lot yeah. of HBs. Yeah. Uh, he, he was a professional wrestler. I think this is where he got it. Hard Boiled Haggerty. <laughs> what a name. HB Haggerty. Hard Boiled Haggerty. What a good egg. Mm-hmm. Chip, what a good egg. What a good Hard- egg. Hard-boiled. Yes. Egg. I, I was just looking for some sort of. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you don't have, I like to, it. I like you don't it. have to acknowledge, you don't have to acknowledge it. I That's it. fine. That, Chip, you know what we're going to do? One of the best parts of the movie, and I, I teased this before, is, and I'm just going to hit hit us with this right away. Sit back and enjoy, people. going and it keeps getting better and better and a pre-chorus a chorus a super chorus an extra chorus it's it just keeps going it's it's and it has all of the trappings of a classic power rock 
anthem for a movie. Like it just, it has, it has uh, elements of the earth, you know, a, a, you know, ice. <laughs> yes. uh, right. the, you know, the, the other one that he had is uh, thunder in your heart, uh, thunder yeah. and lightning. I forget what it's called. There's, there's always some sort of weather elements going on there. Um, and it's just, it's about overcoming the odds. Everything's about overcoming the odds in the 80s. It's, it's about overcoming the odds. It's about inspiration, mm-hmm. total bombast. Yeah. Just awesome. And this song, if you take the best parts of St. Elmo's Fire and mm-hmm. the best parts of You're the Best Around the from best around. Karate Kid, mm-hmm. merge those two, mix it up in a big mixing bowl, and it explodes like a high school volcano mm-hmm. you made with all those ingredients, the baking soda, this song, I think it is, here we go. Breaking through the ice is not easy too. You're right. Yeah, Joe Moore. Joe Moore. Uh, you know, it takes someone Joe Moore to come in. And I wasn't even thinking that I was just thinking maybe for a crew Jones, maybe for a John Farnham breaking through the ice is easy, yeah. but it's maybe, not. Maybe it's not. Yeah. Uh, uh, th- throw what one Adam Chancer says in their highway to the danger zone, right? You know, the same ilk right there. Adam, I'm so glad you brought that up because right now I'm going to go through a list of other notably. I want everybody to tell me their favorite 80s song from a movie. And I'm sure it's on this list. And I have a couple amazing facts about some 80s. Adam, you mentioned Danger Zone. Danger Zone, Kenny Loggins from the movie Top Gun 1986, written by Giorgio Moroder. Giorgio Moroder maybe the most famous disco producer of the 70s, early 80s, literally spun gold with the um, disco movement. I believe he uh, produced Donna Summer's biggest uh, hits and just a bevy of others. He actually produced Sparks, turned some of their songs into disco gold or dance music gold. But Giorgio Moroder wrote it. It was turned down by four big acts before Kenny Loggins decided to do it. Wow. Toto. Now, was this specifically for Top Gun? Was he? Yes. This is so these, he, he was. Most of these songs were, were written for these movies. Okay. One of Adam Chantry's favorite bands, Toto, turned this down. Wow. Talking Chip. about talk about holding the line. Yeah. Chip, let's say you're Brian Adams. You're Brian Adams. I come to you. I'm Georgia yeah. Marotta, right? Hey, uh, Brian, I'm Giorgio Moroder, King of Disco. Would you like to uh, perform the song Danger Zone for a new movie called Top Gun? Uh, no, I'm Brian Adams. I would like to, but I have to take my SATs that day because I'm Canadian, and it's the one day that you want me to re- record it is the day that the SATs are. Okay, Chip. Now, you are Ario Spe- You're Kevin Cronin, lead singer of Ario Speedway. And again, yeah. I'm Giorgio Moroder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, uh, Kevin Cronin, a big fan, big fan. My name is, uh, as you know, Giorgio Moroder, king of disco and king of many other musings. Uh, I'd like you to sing a new song called Danger Zone in the new movie Top Gun starring all the guys. Uh, well, Giorgio, I, I, I would really like to do it, but I had this feeling that it wasn't going to be a good song. And then I thought that maybe it would be a good hit. But really, then I started having this feeling again that I, it, I don't think it's a good song and I can't fight this feeling anymore. Whoa, 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 that's that's a great one, Chip. Uh, that's very funny. I actually got the reference, even though I am an Italian super producer, Giorgio Moroder. End scene. That was great. That was- um, let's let's get to some comments here. Adam Chantry would have been amazing. Joe Moore, I Will Be Strong by Eddie Money in the movie. The credits over the top. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. 
Um, here's one of the big ones. Simple Minds Breakfast Club. Yeah. I think we all know. Don't You Forget About Me. Great song written specifically for the movie, much like Danger Zone, by Keith Forsey and Stephen Schiff. They also... And that might be the most 80s song, uh, like soundtrack song, but I yeah. feel like that's got its own vibe. Like it doesn't have the power. No, no, you're right. It was, it was, it was more, much more of an emo kind of situation. Yeah, it wasn't. These movies are just like fired up. You're mm-hmm. you're a professional arm wrestler. Yeah. You're a professional BMX biker. Yeah. You're a professional Top Gun pilot. We're not talking. You're just a bunch of of, of moody high school kids. Right. It's all. Ju- it's these these movies are all Judd Nelson, no Ali Sheedy. Right. Yeah. But let me tell you again. They wrote the Don't You Forget About Me movie. Guess who turned it down? Cy Kernan, Brian Ferry, and Billy Idol all turned it down. Wow. Finally, Simple Minds. Jim Kerr said, "Let's do it." They did it. And despite being their biggest hit, their biggest, their only U.S. number one, they're really not a fan of the song and they rarely play it live. Could you imagine going to a Simple Minds yeah, and not, concert and not hearing? Oh, my God. Like it's, it's the final encore and they play, you know, just something else. And they have a lot of great songs. I am a Simple Minds fan. All the things she said, they end with. And you're just like, guys, don't you forget about that song. It's that song. Right. Absolutely. Here we go. So um, other songs, and this is Chip. This one will fit the mold of what we said. Power of Love, Huey Lewis in the News. Uh, Back to the Future. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that one could be the most because there's more fun to that. It was a big. Uh, yeah, that's these. These are great tunes. And then the number one, probably pump you up song of all time from the 80s chip i'm going to give you a hint have you mentioned it already no it oh, is I, I was gonna i was gonna say uh you're the best around yeah we mentioned yeah that one is there but this one's even more pump you up let's say chip you were fighting yeah one of the greatest most oh, arrogant oh, boxers sure that might yeah. have a mohawk i the tiger by survivor i the tiger survivor rocky three there you go yeah, yeah. What a, I mean, that should, I'm sure there's playlists out there, but that should be a playlist right there. Uh, yeah. And then just, uh, just how I could run. I could run a three minute mile. I think if I oh, had, yeah. if, I if mean, you I wouldn't went, be able to listen to all those songs. No, at, you're in right. That, in that time. But if you did, you're the best around. Um, power, love, danger zone, break, breaking the ice. You, and then just throw a little Ghostbusters in there for fun. A little Ray Parker Jr. I would pick up to get you scared. Like it would get me scared. It would motivate me to run away because I I'll be honest with you. I will admit I am afraid of those ghosts. By the way, my brother said Huey Lewis cameo in the movie was pretty good. Yeah, I would be able to pick up a Hugo and throw it at that point. I'd be so just. Yeah. Um, Other non pump you up. By by, by the way, when you say pick up a Hugo, you're actually talking about a Yugoslavian person. That's what Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, I grew up in a neighborhood is mostly Yugoslavian. Okay, and I just call them Yugos. And um, like my neighbor was Hugo. He was a Yugo. Mm -hmm. Very small. And I was able to actually pick him up. Uh, and it, when I just so anybody knows, if I ever say, oh, I could pick up and throw you go, uh, I it's it, I'm talking about a, a small robot boy. <laughs> yes. One of a funny story in high school, my friend Karen Duffy, who I love, um, got a car for senior year when she got her license and Yugos were popular. Sure. That's how old I am. 
they were very small, compact, light cars, mm-hmm. affordable. And every they were time- about the size of a BMX bike. Yes, they weren't much bigger. Every time she parked it at a party, we would lift it up and put it on a lawn. And you could actually, you could get four people to move the back, four people to move the front, move the back, move, and you could shimmy it. Just shimmy it. And at one point at a graduation party, she just came in the middle of the party, high night meltdown, and just said, everybody, can you please stop picking up and moving my car? Oh, man. And then we all felt bad. Poor Karen Duffy. Yeah. Uh, great Hugo, though. She drove us a lot of great shows, concerts. And how did we treat her? We would pick up her car. And move pick, it. Picking up her car. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you a couple more great, great 80s songs. Anyone else out there? We had Crazy For You from Vision Quest. Not a, not a real burner, but a great song. If You Leave by OMD. Pretty Wait, cra- crazy, for, crazy For You was in, was that Desperately Seeking Susan or what was? Vision Quest. Oh, it was the movie. With Matthew Modine, Matthew oh, Modine, Matthew Modine, okay. wrestler. Too well. okay. Yeah. Then we had a uh, Pretty in Pink, OMD. If you oh, leave, great song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prince, Purple Rain. Yeah. I'd say the main song, not Purple Rain, When Doves Cry. I'd say that was probably the main song that got everybody. Mm. Um, Axel F, Beverly oh, Hills sure. Cop. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, one more. Oh, we had, of course, Against All Odds, Phil Collins, Against All Odds, Take a Look at Me Now. Yeah. And I've Had the Time of My Life by uh, Bill Medley and Jennifer Warren's Dirty Dancing, 1987. Yeah. Great uh, great lineup right there, Jeffrey. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, also, we've noticed... Uh, John Howie just said uh, St. Elmo's Fire as well. Yes. Oh, and the Howard the Duck end song by uh, Adam Chantry brought that up. Oh, wow. I didn't think yeah. of that one. Yeah, I mentioned St. Elmo's Fire, very similar to Breaking the Ice. You know, you, you marry that in with uh, a couple of the other songs, and it's just so good. While we're talking about movie songs, movie theme songs, let's go, not not from songs, but more to like scores, like main themes, like a John Williams yeah. type situation, like a Star Wars, a Indiana Jones, that type of thing. One of the most underrated scores, main themes for a movie, you wouldn't expect it. I put up, the original police academy main theme <laughs> against any other like any john williams i don't think john williams did the police academy it's a gra- it's a great it's a great anthem and you you would think it would just be silly because it's police academy great great song the guy took it serious they're like hey would you like to work in a movie it's called police academy he's like say no more don't want to yeah. know what it's about sounds mm-hmm. serious yep. going to make an epic song yeah and then to find out it's like oh it's going to be uh, it's going to be one of the guys from Three Men a Baby and the guy who makes noises with his mouth. Right. Oh, I really liked your your theme to this song, but I, I really couldn't hear it because there's a guy doing helicopter sounds with his mouth. Yeah, I, I really, if you cannot have him come to the studio again, I'd really appreciate that. Uh, Joe, Joe Moore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. read it, Chip. St. Elmo's Fire music video is amazing. The guy is singing it to the characters yes. from the movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, John, May- John Parr. John May- Parr is literally singing it. To Judd Nelson, Ali Sheedy. Let's name them, Chip. Judd Nelson, Ali, Ali Sheedy, Sheedy, Emilio Estevez, Demi Moore, Demi Moore, Andrew Rook, McCarthy, and uh, the guy from Parks and Rec. What's it? Uh, 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 Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. Saxophone. Yes, aficionado. And we're missing one more. Woman, Mayor Winningham. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not really. Right? She was she had brat pack that didn't really break out of the pack, is what we're saying. Right. Um, the, the uh, speaking of great videos and Ali Sheedy, the 
I think DeBarge did it. Uh, oh, I know what you're saying. Who's, who's Johnny? Who's Johnny from, from the from is is that from Short Circuit or Short Circuit Two? I think it's the original. And they're like in a courtroom. Yeah. And like they're on trial mm-hmm. and they're singing Who's Johnny? Uh, and the robot the robot gets sentenced to death. Yes, I think so. Robot death. And uh, there's another one, Billy Ocean from, I want to say, Jewel of the Nile, maybe. Yes. Uh, Danny DeVito uh, Danny dancing DeVito in, in the, the video yes. with Michael Douglas. My, yes. Incredible. Back then, man, the the tie-ins with the theme song, it was such so much cocaine, mm-hmm. so much like, guys, you're you're going to be in the video. The actors are going to be in the video. You're going to sing to the actors. We're going to dance. There's robots. It was just, it was a special time. Like, really and the, was. and the, and the music held up. Music yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. This ties in also chip to an amazing thing at the end of this movie. We're, we're digressing from the movie, but let's just say on the final bike scene, they go head to head. Yeah. Crew and Bart. And let's just say crew wins. And my favorite part of the movie is very end. Bart knows he's lost, knows he's lost a sponsorship. He's angered his boss. He gets fired. Crew basically says, hey, heard you're out of a job. Want to join our team? And then they both lift up the BMX bike together, freeze frame. And that's the end of the movie. It's like, did, did they run out of money? Did the movie just completely run out of money? But I realized what they did was they were like, this is the 80s. How you end the movie is the classic freeze frame. Freeze frame. That's my next topic, people. Your favorite movies from the 80s that just ended in a freeze frame because this might be my favorite freeze frame ending. They were literally in mid-conversation and it Mm -hmm. just went, whoop. Yep. And then directed by Hal Needham, starring. And then they cut directly to... Everyone doing their bike tricks. Mm-hmm. Everyone doing their bike tricks. And by the way, that's one of the things. The opening credits, they do bike tricks, and then they do bike tricks, the the uh, closing credits. You never turned off the credits. You always watch them. It's one of the few movies where you watch it right to the end because you want to see them do all the bike tricks. Oh, by the way, my brother said, I can't believe we missed this one. Uh, the Goonies Are Tough Enough uh, by Cindy Lauper, the Goonies theme, classic. Oh, so, yeah. Wait, so I'm trying to think. Let me think of some. What are some 80s movies that end in a good freeze frame, Jeffrey? All right. Well, let me, let me, sh- let me, uh, you seeing something there? That's great. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you got, of course, you got the Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. That was one of my favorite freeze frames where he just mm-hmm. pumps the fist. Yep. And then you know it's over and you know they, they accomplish something. Yes. Let me see here. Let me go to the next one. It's not letting me go to the next one for some reason. Maybe I have to zoom out. Oh, there we go. Oh, not only oh, wait, uh, yep. Rocky two. Not only does it go to freeze frame, but it goes to painting mode. I believe isn't that when like yeah. the painting happens? Yeah, they 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 kind of turned it into like a Leroy Neiman painting where it just kind of went into that. But yeah, that was one of the best where they're just like they're ju- they're they're you know just talking like to each other like. Who, who knows who's gonna what are you gonna do next rock oh maybe we should yeah really go at it and then i was like i love you what boom right mm-hmm. good one right classic there we got what else we got chip i'm trying to think this was this is literally the most ridiculous this is the freeze frame moment can you zoom in on that a little bit yeah 
Look at Tom Cruise, Robert Duvall. Oh, Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. That's how it ends. I'm not lying. This is great. People, anyone out there in Facebook land, if you have any great freeze frame ending of movies, um, I have maybe one more. These are fantastic. Thelma and Louise ended this way. Which always bothered me because I didn't know what happened. Mm. Did they land the car safely? Because most people figured they had a parachute in the car. Yeah. And they lived, right? That's my assumption. That was my assumption too, Jim. Mm. But, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's part of the magic of of that. Other Tonight, when we end, could we end in a freeze frame? Yeah, we're going to do that. Okay. Um, other freeze frame final scenes, planes, trains, and automobiles, uh, a tearjerker of an ending. It just goes right to John Candy's face after Steve Martin and his wife have a pretty heavy makeout scene. Like they're like, we're back together. Yeah. I'm so happy you're home. And they're going at it. They show John Candy and he's just so happy to be involved with the family and he cries. Mm-hmm. And then they freeze on his big crying face. Yep. Um, Beverly Hills Cop 2, of course. Axel Foley doing one of these, like, mm-hmm. and then um, Rocky Three. Teen Wolf is a good one. Teen Wolf runs into the stands after hitting a important basketball shot, hugging, and, and, and you see you, you see a man's bird. Do you really? Oh, you don't. There. No. Oh, yeah. There. For whatever reason, you can go look it up on the internet. That one of the extras stands up in the stands, just in the background, and his. Uh, let's just say his wiener for for all intents and purposes <laughs> is hanging out of his pants and they oh never caught it uh, uh my uh adam chantry not really freeze frame but the uh, random ending where uh uh sure rodney dangerfield just yells we're all gonna get laid i mean great ending oh yeah definitely one sec here let me see if i can go i feel like crocodile dundee might have ended yeah i imagine totally yeah. like him showing the knife or something like that uh, i think karate kid basically did too it wasn't exactly yes. frame, but i think it was just mr miyagi sort of nodding off to daniel at the end um another big part of this movie chip that i recognized they're big on sponsorships mm-hmm. like this movie yes. was not shy about promoting um one of my favorite well, of course all of the bike you know yeah, all the bike mongoose. Mongoose. Right. Yep. But 7 Eleven and USA Today. Yep. Um, screen three. I'm going to share this. We see here, the, I, I believe if you see that giant bowl, this yep. was part of the Hell Track course. Mm-hmm. It had the word kicks, the serial kicks on it. Yep. So when you're watching one of the scenes of the movie where they go by the giant board that says 7 Eleven, they jump over that little uh, dirt dune onto the giant spoon of the yeah. kicks bowl. And then they, yeah, um, they jump off the spoon. The, and, and then there was literally a scene towards the beginning of the movie where they're eating kicks in their little clubhouse. Yes. Another thing. How cool is their clubhouse? I mean, it's the coolest thing ever. And I mean, my favorite cereal growing up was kicks simply because of this movie. Cause I thought that eating kicks would make me good at BMX riding. Is kicks kids like kicks for what it's got, but why do moms like kicks? I because it's nutritious, I believe. It's for what kicks has not. Oh, is that what it let's is? Let's try okay. let's try this again. Kids love kicks, kicks. for what kicks, kicks got. got. Moms love. like kicks for what it has not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's nutritious. Yeah. Yeah. Chip, this is uh Hell Track sponsored by 7-Eleven Chief Auto Chief Parts. Auto Parts. <laughs> 
They're probably the best auto parts back yeah. there. Okay, and again, yeah. this is him looking at that, his paperboy outfit. One of my favorite scenes, Chip, opening montage is him delivering newspapers to various people, to businesses. He delivers USA Today, another sponsor. When he delivers USA Today to 7-Eleven, he delivers one paper. 7-Eleven only daily would sell one USA Today. In, in the movie's defense, they are in... Alberta, Canada. So they're not exactly in the USA. So maybe oh. people aren't. Oh, okay. Like if it was like the Ottawa Times mm -hmm. stacks. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think of that. He should have probably been delivering. Yeah. The, the Calgary yep. uh, Tribune. Mm -hmm. um, Joe Moore. Mom's like kicks because it makes kids think they're superhuman. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Wow. Wowzers. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I love the blatant commercialism of, of the movie. Um, I thought that was great. I teased before, Chip, there were three gymnast movies, right? Okay, yes, you did. This had, this had as we know, um, our favorite, Bart Connor, Brad. Mm -hmm. Sure. Great. But before that, in 1985... There was the great, this movie is so incredibly insane. Everyone has to watch it. I've watched it recently. It is, it's insane. All I'm going to say is Jim Cotta, 1985, Kurt Thomas, three-time world champ, not an Olympic champ. This is before, um, right before the Bart. 84 Olympics. Okay. Right. Um, he had some heat. They're like, we got to get gymnasts in movies. This movie's about, well, obviously, gymnastics and karate are yes. fused. Sure. And the combustion becomes explosive mm -hmm. when these two crafts are together. Um, Bart Connor, he, uh, I mean, Kurt Thomas competes in a deadly competition in the fictional country called Parmistan. <laughs> Parmistan. Um, he has a great mullet, uh, a 17% approval rating on tomato meter 40 percent audience score available on amazon prime one of my favorite parts of this movie chip that i think we all love he's a gymnast so in these small backwater towns in parmesan there are makeshift pommel horses just in the middle of, of nowhere sure you could see um, whenever he's running or chasing someone, there's like high bars, par uneven parallel bars just on the street. So he mm -hmm. can do some of his, uh, his, his, his karate magic, which I it's, believe it's kind of, it's kind of like footloose in that one scene in the, yes, in yes. the, in that barn or factory, wherever he goes to. Sure. But the, it's just so great. And oh, I movie, believe Parmistan's like national animal is the pommel horse, I believe. Oh, it might be. It might yeah. be. I, so but, that's probably the symbolism is. is but there. look at these villagers. They're just like, oh, who, who is this interloper? Who is this American? The only way he can prove himself is to go on our, our they have probably somewhere like a, a Parma, Parma horse. Yeah, right? Parma horse. I'm Parma sorry. Horse. I'm sure they're close. Right. So basically this movie is just bonkers, insane. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure it was actually written. I think they just, they just put people on set and let them go nuts. So say, definitely, hey, just, just try something. Go nuts. Yep. Definitely go out 1985 movie, Jim Cotta. Jim Cotta. Um, and then I remember I was drunk with my friends and I would go around pretending to do Jim Cotta moves. Mm -hmm. And then I remember my friends like, what are you saying? Jimmy Cotta, 
Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter, the, Carter. Right. And then I was, I was drunk just saying Jimmy Carter every time I was doing Jim Carter. Moves. You must have been so much fun at parties, Jeff. I was great. I was yeah. a lot of fun. Um, what else? I think the next uh, movie starring this movie is considered one of the worst movies of all time. It is completely unwatchable. It's one Razzies. It's the 1986 movie released around the same time as his buddy, Bart Connor, Mitch Gaylord, Janet Jones, future Mrs. Um, Wayne Gretzky. Oh, okay. Um, this movie's so bad. I believe it has a, a zero tomato, tomato meter, 65% audi- uh, audience score, but Wow. It's it's supposed to be one of the worst movies of all time. Like people saying you can you can barely get through it. Okay. Also available on Amazon Prime. So if you want to watch Jim Cotta, Rad, go for the triumvirate of amazing gymnastic movies. You got American Anthem 1986. American Anthem. Wow. What do you think of that, huh? Just yeah. Yeah, I, I I remember seeing the the box in video stores. But oh yeah, it was never, always it was always I never, available. I never paid the two ninety nine to uh, to make it. Chip, I'm gonna have a couple questions for you just about BMX riding in general. Okay. And um, leg bandana. The yes. young Chip or his gang did they wear a leg bandana? No, but I thought it was a very cool thing. You know, and I don't think I really noticed it when I was a kid. I knew that he had the leg bandana around his like thigh a lot, and I just thought it was a. Uh, a a, cho- a a fashion choice, but then I noticed in recent years that he rolls it down so he doesn't get it caught in the chain. And yeah, I, it's I, the bike know. chain thing. Yeah. And maybe that's where where Chachi, because Chachi wore a bandana around one leg mm-hmm. in the Happy Days things. Yeah. Maybe that's because he was right. But they, I don't think he was a motorcycle guy. I don't know. I have to look up some Chachi. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna have to wiki that. So leg bandana, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, leg bandana. I like it. How about you? Were you a leg bandana guy? No, Chip, I got to go back. I was not really a BMX guy. When all my friends were BMXing, I dreamed about having a 10-speed Huffy Santa Fe. And I finally got- quicksilvering. Yeah, I was more of a quicksilver guy going around. Like, as soon as I got my 10-speed bike, I'm like, am I going to go ride my friends? No, I'm going to become a messenger. I, you know, I grew up in a shore town, but once I got the bike, I would ride it up to New York- and I would messenger around plans for uh, Mr. Brady and his architectural firm. One time I got the plans for oh, no. his, his, he was designing. Don't tell me. A, he was designing an amusement park mm-hmm. and I messed up the plans with something else. And uh, uh, it wasn't a Yogi bear poster, was it? It was a Yogi bear poster uh, and yeah, I had hell to pay, mm. but yeah, I, uh, I was a 10 speed guy. So, I love BMX. My friend Sal was on DJ's BMX team in Belmar. I had friends who were very into mongooses, but I remember mm. everything was very expensive. Like, oh, by the way, oh, it's, not mo- it's not mongoose, it's mongoose. Oh, mongoose. I'm sorry. Mongoose. John Huey, uh, Parma stand very near Cleveland stand. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we got a little geography buff in the, mm-hmm. uh, in the chat. Chip peg rides. Were peg rides considered cool? You were cool if you gave them, not if you received one. Right. I feel because like that's it, the way in it was. the movie, Crew would give peg rides to his younger sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this brings me to a great topic. Um, one of our favorite persons, Tom Sharpling. Yes. Recently said in his very historical, uh, he has a very historical podcast with Julie Klausner um, called Double Threat. Double Threat. Tom actually said the funniest thing to him in any movie is when a kid kicks an adult. Oh, yeah. Right? 
Yep. And I believe maybe in the movie Clifford, uh, Clifford kicks an adult. Everyone loves so. Clifford. Yeah. But in this movie, there is an intense kick kicking scene where his young mm-hmm. sister, who who he gave peg rides to, yes, was uh, ferociously kicking uh, the bad guys in the movie. The bad yes. guys who were uh, promoting the big race. She was a young, a violent young lady. Violent. She was very violent, and they let her just do her kicking, which I thought was great. She also cursed a lot, which when kids curse, another very funny thing. Yeah. But I, I will say for a, a rated PG movie aimed at children, there were a lot of, and this just goes to show how good the writing was, mm-hmm. a lot of scenes, the button at the end of the scene, just the ending of the scene was either somebody saying the word shit or yeah. somebody giving somebody else the finger. The old yes. man, Ray Walton, giving the guy the finger. And that would just be the end of the end of the scene. You're right. Like, they, they, that was just the, the button at the end was just a kid saying a bad word. That's true because every scene ended on some sort of tension. Right. Yes. And and that's how they, they delivered it, which was a great, again, hats off to director, stuntman director, Hal Needham. I want to write a movie. Also, I think that's my, that's my new goal is to write a movie where the end of every scene is just a, a, a child a saying a curse word. Um, another thing that Hal Needham was, was known for, and there's a great, documentary just type in Hal Needham documentary Smokey and the Bandit I think it's just called the Bandit he he was the first guy to do post-credit flubs so okay. when you when you watched um Cannonball Run and it's just Don DeLuise breaking up mm-hmm. with Burt Reynolds he yeah. was the first guy to do that which are fantastic like yeah. I'll watch those mm-hmm. right yeah I'd watch a movie just of those just of this. So that was another Hal Needham innovation, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Um, Chip, were you strictly a street? Were you street and ramp both? How did you how did you ride BMX? Were you on the I, vert? Were you on the half pipe, the quarter no, pipe? No, no, I was not. I was not good. A, we didn't have one of those right. around. Uh, B, I think I would have been too scared. So I was more street. We would build ramps all the time, but just yeah. like I, I don't call them ramps. I call them jumps. You know, we would just take some wood you know, pile them up and get like a little uh, piece of plywood and just try to throw ourselves as much as we can. Here's an interesting point. Adam Chantry, this was the first time as a kid that I got that he noticed that actors did more than one thing. I would watch my favorite Martian on Nickelodeon and of course, Dirty Dancing. Yeah. So I, I guess she's talking about seeing actors do play yeah it's like oh that's the guy from yeah. my favorite martian and you're like and then, holy crap and then, and then that's the guy uh weston what's his name it, uh is the guy is the bad guy from dirty dancing it's like oh yeah and then like you see talia shire too you're like wait that's adrian from rocky like oh actors don't just live in one movie they actually yeah because when you're a little yeah. kid you're you're a you freaking idiot you're just Absolutely. this dumb like a dumb malleable sack of crap and you don't yeah. notice like your brain is just garbage it, exactly and you don't notice these things just just a skull filled with filth chip i have a uh, would you like a quiz i i i don't think that matters i think you're going to give it to me either way i really am chip and maybe Fire, people could chime in answer. but since you yeah, please are you are the bmx you're the bmx guy i'm the 10 speed guy like okay. when we do a 10 speed movie i'm going to be the guy sure um, BMX, these are, I'm going to go rapid fire with you, Chip. Okay. I'm going to name a, a BMX trick and you tell me if it's an actual trick or it's Ooh. not. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
All right, so we're just going to start bar spin. Yeah, I'm going to say that's true. It's true. Bar back bottle grab. Bar I'm back gonna, bottle I'm grab. I'm going to say that that is a real one. That's not, Chip. That's uh, oh, okay. something they do right. in a bar. Yeah, it a, is. A knack-knack. Yeah, okay. Knack-knack is, is definitely a BMX move. A Mima. Uh, unless it's unless it's giving your grandmother a ride, I'm gonna say no. It is it is not. Then you probably won't have the same answer for a pop pop. That one is real. If you just do a little pop of the wheelie, two two quick pops. Sure. Okay. I'm gonna say that's real. So Mima, no. Knack knack, yes. Mima, no. Pop no. pop, yes. Yes. Okay. A no footed can. Sure. Yep. Yeah. A footloose flop hop. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that absolutely is one. Sure. Why not? Yep. Uh, a bunny hop. Oh yeah. I used to do a lot of bunny hops. They're definitely bunny hop. One of the biggest trips, a ninja drop. Ooh. Um, I'm going to say you made that up. No, a ninja drops an actual move. Is it real? Okay. Operation Dumbo drop. I actually broke my arm doing one of those one time. So yes. A half cab, half cab. Sure. Yep. A vente half calf. Uh, no, no, that's something you might have with a bowl of, tri- of uh, kicks in the morning. Yes, it's true. A moon bounce. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is, sure. that is definitely one. Sure. A f- oh, do, 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 do you see crew do a sick moon bounce? <laughs> a fakey 540 out. Yes. Yes. A skid mark 720. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say I've never done one of those. Never. Okay. You've never done one, but maybe they have yeah. triple Lindy. How about a triple Lindy? 100%. That is one. Mm-hmm. I, I saw one, one, uh, done in a pro, uh, college diving tournament. One yeah. Time. I remember you used to love watching college diving tournaments. Mm-hmm. Remember yep. you, you watched them all and there was one done there. Yeah. A tire grab. Yes. Yes. A flare Warner. <laughs> I'm going to say no. No, of course not. A no foot can can. Yes. How about a two foot can't can't? Yeah, no, that one you can't do. <laughs> Impossible, Chip. Yeah. Hamel camel. Isn't that a uh, isn't that an ice skating move? Yes, it's not yes. a bike move. Yeah. How about a meat beat manifesto? Uh, I, that is actually my favorite uh, widespread panic album. Okay, there you go. How about a corn chip one eighty? <laughs> a corn chip one eighty. Uh, sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. A 360 nose pivot. Sure. Yep. A, a, a 630 nose pick. Maybe it's something that Crew Jones did when nobody was looking. Yep. It's 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 considered a, a, a kind of a crank flip. Yes. How, how about a kissy face? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm sorry. I don't know why these are making me. These, these are just. These are I, did, I found this on the internet. I don't know why it's making me laugh. <laughs> He just did a 360 nose pivot into a crank a flip face. and yeah. then with a kissy face, mm-hmm. uh, a 360 windshield wiper. Sure. It is actually a, yep. A moto whip. Sure. Yep. Cool whip. It's delicious. Yep. It is a peg grab. Yes. Yes. Superman seat grab. Yes. Yes. A Batman cash grab. I, th- I think that's something different. <laughs> two more, Chip. You ready for the final two? Yes. 
A foot jam tail whip. Yes. A jam band trail mix. <laughs> yes, I've done those many times. Yep, that's it, Chip. You did a great job. I think you got them all. Yeah. They're the BMX tricks. Yes or no? Yeah. There we go. Well done. Thanks. Thanks. You know, I did a lot of research on BMXing for a guy who's not really a BMX guy. Um, let's see. I don't know if we have any more photos. Did, did I say? Did I see Russ McGarry in here? And he said that he used to heckle diving tournaments. Oh no! Is he on here? I th I thought so, but maybe maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe he deleted it because he's very embarrassed about his oh. past. Oh, I, I would hope not. I would love I would love Russ to get on here and let yeah. us know mm -hmm. if uh, he did that. So, a final thoughts on the movie Rad. I one hundred percent endorse this movie. I think it is so fun. It is innocent enough. It is goofy enough. It has action. You actually care about the characters. Mm -hmm. There's some just all out insanity with the bike dancing. Yep. Um, it's not a long movie, which I think is great. Back yeah. movies back then just cut to the chase. Mm -hmm. It ended abruptly, like I said, like maybe they ran out of money. Mm -hmm. um, there's really nothing wrong with it. Like this, this movie is a solid slice of nostalgia that I would gladly watch again and probably watch with friends it would be really great it, uh, it's a great friends movie I, like i said i watched it with my buddies uh jim graham and, and nick cupsey uh just pretty soon before uh covid we, we, get, we got together to watch that and we might have caused covid i don't know but it was uh yeah it's <laughs> it's not a well-written it's not a well-acted movie but i mean that's not what you're going for you're not going there it's like it's like kind of going you know, it's 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 like it's it's like going to Pizza Hut and being like the seafood is terrible. Right. Right. Yeah, I, right. I'm not going to Pizza Hut for for seafood. I'm going for pizza. And that's and you get a hell of a lot of pizza in uh, in in the movie. Rad. Where uh, where would you rank this in comparison to BMX bandits? Uh, I, I'm definitely going to pick rad over top of it. I haven't seen BMX bandits in a long time. I. I I will actually say probably when it comes to structure and actual writing, I think BMX Bandits is probably the better film. Uh, there's more of a chase element. There's more drama mm -hmm. to it. Uh, but just as far as like actual BMX racing and being iconic, I, you got to go rad. But I, I can't go. take anything away from BMX Bandits. I believe yeah. it was Nicole, Nicole Kidman's first film, I believe. Yeah. Nicole Kidman just killing it on a BMX bike. Two other Australian guys. Mm -hmm. Bank heist. They thwart a bank heist. You know, yeah. just a bunch of teens. Yeah. Uh, supposedly really good BMX action. It really is. The, uh, the, I, 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 if, if my brother's there, uh, if he's still listening, what is the most memorable scene when it comes to BMX action in BMX Bandits? And I know he will get this right. Yeah. Uh, like they, there's there's one thing that happens in that movie BMX related that you're like this is literally the coolest thing I've ever seen like as a seven year old watching this movie I was like BMX this is literally the coolest thing I have I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, what uh, anybody in the chat any other movies maybe you'd like Chip and I to delve into again this is Thursday night movie club we're gonna do it twice a month hopefully mm -hmm. and we're just gonna pick movies that. Uh, helped uh, form us into the amazing human beings we are today. Mostly, they're, they're not going to be like, you know, we're, we're not talking about Kurosawa. We're not talking no. about, you know, anything that would take intelligence to dissect. We're talking about just good, dumb, fun movies. Yeah. Um, here we go. Light of Day. Yeah. I would totally, totally get into watching. I want to say, is that the one? Is that? 
I know it's family ties related. Is it, that the one with Michael J. Fox? Or yes. Is that, okay. Light of day, I believe rock star Michael J. Fox. It, yes. Rock star Michael J. Fox. Right. Cause then there's satisfaction, I think with, with rock Jake, star, uh, Justine, Justine Bateman. Bateman yeah. Right. Oh, my brother asked the end scene through the bubbles. There's this big bubble thing where these foam comes out. That's a good one. Uh, I'm thinking of when they were chasing them and they went to the water park and they took their BMX bikes down a tube water slide. And it's the, it's the coolest thing ever. Gleaming the cube. If you want to do skateboards, there's a couple of great skateboards. I'll throw Teen Wolf right in there. Teen Wolf. Mm -hmm. Teen Wolf 2 was. That was Jason Bateman. Bateman. Yeah. Horrible, horrible movie. Not good. I mean, all just kind of irredeemable. Yeah, irredeemable. Did did Michael J. Fox die in the original Teen Wolf? Is that why he didn't show up? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to. You don't remember that was the freeze frame. He got a silver bullet right in his chest and then died. And Jesus then Christ, from, it was horrifying for yeah, kids. Didn't didn't like the end of that. Light of day, Joan Jett as Michael J. Fox's sister. That's a good yeah. one, John. I like that. Yeah, Airborne Rollerblades. Airborne is great. I believe, Adam, if we're correct, it is a young Seth Green is the sidekick. And there's a great rollerblading like final scene that's like 20 minutes long of like a downhill rollerblading contest. Good guys versus the bad guys. Um, and there's a Teen Wolf in it, which is awesome, too. You know, it would be a fun one, not exactly sports related, but competition related. And just to sort of, I don't know if I'd call it a B movie. Um, there was an early 80s, maybe even late 70s, I think early 80s movie called Midnight Madness. Do you remember Midnight Madness? Oh. Uh, also a young Michael J. Fox. I think it was Michael J. Fox's first movie where it was like a bunch of like college kids or like young people in, I think, L.A. And they had to do a scavenger hunt all around the city overnight. There were different teams and they would have to go around the city. And uh, yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, let us know what uh, what other you guys would like us to watch. We could watch. It'd be really hard to watch together. I think what we need to do is we all watch it before. Yeah. Then we can come in here with our with our comments, with our notes, with our notes. Well, thank you very much, Chip. I think probably the, you, the best way to end this, we could all do the wave goodbyes. If we all want to chat a little bit longer, we're going to continue. And I honestly say I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. This is my favorite 80s oh, song. Before you start it, I have to yeah. say that I did the most teenage chip 80s, 90s thing in the world. I mowed my parents' lawn <laughs> last week. And as I mowed the lawn, I listened to the Rad soundtrack on iTunes. Uh, highly recommended. It's a banger of a soundtrack, front to back. I think including this tune, Jeffrey. I thought I was alone, left out in the cold.